Good morning, Mashi. Good evening, Dennis. So a lot of people who listen to this podcast ask me, like, who's that American guy? Like, how do you know him? And they don't, you know, it's not necessarily obvious that we used to work together. And they say he's very, um, and there's usually a pause. And then many of them will say Californian. And I'm like, yeah, I'd be inclined to agree with that. And the anecdote that always jumps up to me is when we used to work together, we were doing some paid social campaign and I came on and you were on, you're at like walking the dogs or whatever on Zoom call. And I was like, how's it going? You're like, oh yeah, well. I just got my aura photographed and I was told my nature aura was a little lacking. So I'm trying to like touch a tree once a day. And I was like, cool, cool, cool. So can you approve this span for this thing? And that was a very, a very good indicator of our dichotomy. But I think that memory specifically will ties in a little bit to our quote here today, which is chosen from a man named John Moore, John Muir. Kind of like. Hold, hold up just a second though. What? I do want to just address that huge elephant through the room. Many of our listeners, we have many listeners, Dennis. I would say many, plural, a plurality. <laughs> anyway, all of Dennis's friends apparently listen to the podcast. Thank you, Dennis's friends. A lot of my He's colleagues. Yeah, appreciate it. Um, Only in directions. Come <laughs> seat. You, you, want me to, you want me to just cement my California status? Oh yeah, take getting, the one all the way down to the, yeah, 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 yeah exactly. Yeah. Talk about the traffic for sure. No, we're going to so, stay a little John off. John Muir. John Muir, father, you know, along with Teddy, sort of father of the early national park sort of movement. And he has a quote, which I think speaks to you, which is, um, I'd rather be in the mountains thinking of God than in church thinking of the mountains. Definitely true. And it's about trying to find, because you're you're quite a spiritual guy, I would say. We talked about this a little bit the other day. But um, trying to find that in the world and not necessarily just in yourself, right? Oh, I think it's way different than that. Okay. I think um, what I'm, wow. I, I, you know how I heard, you know how I read that or heard that? I didn't read it. Don't talk about it. Be about it. Okay. Interesting. Don't sit in church wondering. I mean, I'll use the term God. I'm not, I'm not a Christian. You know, I'm Buddhist and you step spiritual. Um, do I, I believe in Some. more to life than what we have here. But I'll call this kind of like universal love that I do ascribe to is God. I don't doesn't offend me or bother me. So I'll say God. Go out there and be with God. Go out there and find God. Go out there and find how God communicates to you or where you feel your God touching you and feeling you. Like that feels a little bit weird, but you know what I mean. But and, you, but you uh, what you're saying is that different people find it in different things, right? Mm-hmm. And the idea that there's supposed to be the central thing that everybody goes to to find it is a little bit flawed i think now there's a whole other angle around you know community and things like that you can find there of course but this whole idea of i'd rather be in the mountains thinking of god than rather be in a church thinking the mountains is that what that speaks to me about is finding that little bit of beauty that little bit of connectedness elsewhere in the world and like look hiking across a beautiful vista at sunset most people will find some of it there but it's all it's always it's often in much smaller you know more personal more less significant ways too um for example i don't know there's one there's a big road funnily enough that we're talking about roads in california and a road's kind of the antithesis of this whole like hiking national park thing there's a big road here not far from where i live that like cuts throughout the heart of the city and at night it's very very calm and it's just you know straight roads truthfully it's a very american road than i think about it but those kind of roads are a lot rarer here in ireland and Mm -hmm. It's just very serene and very quiet and very empty. And that feels very like still and resonant to me 
the same way that like a lake would. And like, look, I doubt that anybody else who lives in Dublin looks at the N11 the same way I do, but I'm a big fan of it. And I think those are different things for different people. And it reminds me of when you said, you know, I want to go out and try to touch a tree every day. That's a little bit more, you know, direct and intentional, but you can find that in different things. You And what I think, and you said direct and intentional, which I think is key here. The, the, the quote from Muir is about form over substance. Mm-hmm. I think going to church is going to make me godly. And I'm thinking about the woods because that's where I really feel like I'm with well, God. It's just where you want to be. With God. I wasn't reading it that way. I think it's a religious quote. I think it's a I statement mean, it about where you find God. And are you in church learning about God and being lectured about God and, you know, fire and brimstone when where your heart is, where you where you truly find God is out in nature. And then when you're out in nature, what are you naturally doing? You're thinking about God. Maybe you're communing with God in your own way. And what we prize specifically in religion many times, I believe, is form over substance. If mm-hmm. I do these things and I live in America where no no offense, and this doesn't apply to people individually necessarily, but organized religion, and I mean, you're in Ireland, has done terrible things. And they excuse these terrible things by, by saying, no, 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 we've got this rule book, you see? And when we follow these rules, we're still good people. We, we you know, And we're listening to the rule book, our interpretation of the rule book, um, and they ignore certain things. But as long as we follow the rule book, boy, we're... We're doing it, right? Just step one, step two, step three, step four. There is no one, two, 10 million step program to being a good person. Or in my opinion, being a good Christian, being a good Muslim, being a a good member of the Hebrew faith or being a good Buddhist. You got to be a good person. Mm. You know, the, in there's one of the great stories, one of the penultimate stories under Matt Smith's tenure as the doctor um it's always gonna be Dr. Who, no matter what. it will always come back to doctor and, and he has his, he has his back and forth with a villainess and she says well, you know i've no need to fear you you have too many rules you know, you know it, she says uh i don't need to fear you good men have rules mm-hmm. and his reply is good men don't need rules now's not the day to find out why i have so many spicy and it's an interesting quote right maybe we could do that sometime but it, this is what it reminds me of where you know, when you need to follow all the rules, and I do think, and I grew up going to Sunday school, church is very valuable for telling you how to deal with certain moral dilemmas. Mm-hmm. I, I, I don't want to downplay that at all. But a lot of them are intrinsic. And you find those same rules, and we talked about this across religions, mm-hmm. right? They're humanistic rules. So that's why I think the mirror quote, it really is, don't talk about it, be about it. And that's a very Buddhist way to do it, right? You go find your own path. When you find the Buddha on your path to enlightenment, you slay the Buddha because your path is unique. Don't sit in church and dream about godliness. Go out well, and immerse yourself in godliness. Is how it's I specifically it's interesting to sit and read about like the wonder of of uh, wonder of creation and of the world around us, how beautiful it all is, while sitting in one room. Right? Mm-hmm. That feels counterintuitive. Um, do you still, or maybe do you still is a little loaded? How long did you keep up the touching the tree for the uh, the nature aura? I do it very differently now. There's That's okay. a, it's so funny. It's fine. I have a gorgeous tree on my deck every morning, about five minutes, every night before bed. I just sit there and stare at that tree, think about that tree. I talk to that tree in my mind, occasionally verbally. So every day, twice a day. Um, and trees have become I've always loved trees since I was a kid. 
And I look around all the time now and I'm like, oh, that's a really beautiful tree. I love trees. Um, and I do love nature. I've been going on. I've got, I hate to say this, how California is this. I've been going hiking a bit oh, more. Oh, wow. Okay, cool, cool, cool. In the last six months, just, just so we, just so we understand all of Dennis's friends, um, you know, in the last six months, I've gone on three hikes, which I do not think is excessive. No, so, you're going on quarterly hikes, basically. Yeah. I think you're fine. <laughs> but I love nature. Uh, and I do have this gorgeous tree. I'll send you a picture, Dennis. This gorgeous tree from my deck. And in fact, it's so funny. You know, I do believe in kind of fate. No, I'm not fatalistic, but things happening for a reason. Mm -hmm. And I really wanted uh, a unit on the other side of the building. And I got this one because it had a deck and I kind of wanted the deck. And it's got this perfect view of this gorgeous tree that I'm in love with. That I just stare at every day. It's great. I do wonder if there's more things I could do to try and like, and this is like, this is kind of just a, a, an extension and like a little bit of like a spiritualization of just going out and smelling the roses, right? Like it's a little mm -hmm. bit more just intention about that. And it's a little bit more nature about it. Um, but I do think it's, and something that the pandemic did, which helped a lot of people helped me as well is kind of getting to know your immediate surrounding area with an intimacy that you didn't have before because you couldn't go anywhere. When you can't go anywhere, when we would go on walks here, I mean, in Ireland, there was a while when you couldn't go more than two kilometers outside of your home, right? Which I don't know if that would ever fly in the States, but you know, like police would stop you and be like, where are you going? It was like, oh, but, um, it meant when you went for a walk, you'd go to the same park every time, right? Or you walk on the same couple of blocks and you start finding these like, not like Easter eggs, but these like little spots of beauty and these little interesting things. And and it starts to percolate into you then. The world is filled with that. You just don't mm -hmm. necessarily, whether you don't have the time, whether you don't make the time to try and find them and appreciate them is part of the problem. I, it's definitely the case, right? Familiarity breeds contempt. The more we're exposed to something, the more banal it gets. And I think that being forced, though, to walk that same loop gives us- Well, you us, break through it then, right? You have to. You know, Otherwise, you're going to go crazy. And I think oh, we all went us, a little crazy. Let's not. We all, yeah, sometimes <laughs> we all go a little mad. The mirror thing is really interesting. I do think, and I think the, you know, I think Christianity probably supports a lot of this, that, that there is a lot of what we would call godliness in nature. It's kind of mm -hmm. unsoiled, unsullied by man. There's a lot of man being a um, creation of sulliness. I don't Pirate, know sulliness. Yeah. yeah. We are very sullied. We are born with original sin. So before, you, as soon as you get out of that birth canal, bad boy. Over. Yeah. Um, it's interesting though, because you mentioned that like you like trees, for example, something that I like, and it is not a natural thing is I really like statues. Mm -hmm. um, and they can be some random historical figure that I don't really care about. They can be some expressive piece that, I've, you know, that's like an upside down mouse or whatever, some nonsense. But I just like how I like building something purely for form and not for function at all. Mm-hmm. Um, that speaks to me a little bit. And Ireland has a ton of these kinds of things. They're called um, follies, which is kind of what they would build during the famine and the years after that. Nikki's going to kill me if I get some of the history wrong here. Um, but they're these pointless, essentially, structures. They're, and they're like, you know, little like bandstands or like obelisks at the top of Yeah, I, I know what a folly is. Just to keep people busy. Right. Um, I love those. And I don't know why. It's just, there's something very human about stacking a couple of rocks because you think it looks nice and the reason doesn't need to be any deeper than that at all. Yeah. I also don't say they're pointless. But no, but I, mean, I, I think they're beautiful because they're pointless. 
but that does not give them does not give them a point. Maybe I mean that's fine. Oh God, I've ruined the I've ruined the beauty for you. Like yeah, oh, we, 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 we a little great, great point, Mosh. I hate them now. Yeah, they're they're bone now. I hate them. Yeah. Um, so we can close on this. Do you have any advice for the fine folks at home, the dozens of <laughs> legions of fans, um, mm-hmm. on how they can embrace that a little bit? And is it just going out and touching a tree or whatever speaks to you? I think you know we all know we all know what's there. Right, I got the advice to touch a tree uh, to get in touch with one of my with my nature chakra. But I've always loved trees. I've said from a kid, I, I always wanted a backyard with big trees. I love trees, and so I chose trees. So that was inside of me. You like follies. Um, some people love the hustle and bustle of Manhattan. Mm. You loved the woods. Okay, we all have our places of zen, those places that give us comfort. And I'd say, go out and find it because the key to it all is finding it outside of you. I think that's a huge part of it because we spent a lot of time talking about things like meditation, being introspective, turning inwards, but we also have to connect to the world, to the greater universe around us. So when I say find your place of comfort, I do not mean your favorite level of Call of Duty. I don't mean <laughs> right. your favorite map of League of Legends. It's, there's only really one map, but it needs to be oh, a little sorry. more, it needs to be a little more serene. Mm-hmm. I understand. And listen to it and try it out you know, don't, don't you commit to it for a short amount of time and then ask yourself if it's working or if there's something else you'd rather see or do or be, there's no right answer other than get out and find it. I do think it's tied to like, what are formative times in your life? Like if you spent, you mentioned hustle and bustle, if you spent your early twenties committing to a job you really loved and it was when you felt like you came into your own or whatever, you'd stop in the same coffee shop and get a coffee and there'd be people mm-hmm. running around and you hear the steamer and all that stuff. If you sit at home and make a coffee, and go on Spotify and play coffee shop sounds on your Alexa or whatever, and close your eyes, I guarantee you a little more of that will come back to you than you would expect. And everyone has those kinds of things with them. It's incredible. I mean, you hit the nail right on the head. Early 20s, I worked in restaurants, and I will still go and sit at a nice restaurant that's humming, tables are Mm -hmm. turning, servers are moving, and you can just hear it and feel it. And you're just like, I miss this. And I do. You know, miss the good days. Some things are nice to some things are nice to miss from a distance as well. And that's yes, okay. some things are best admired from a distance. Yes, Better be, exactly. Uh, coming from than going to. I one thousand percent agree. I think Dennis, um, and we can definitely close on this. There is some sense of peace, godliness, purpose, universal love, whatever you want to call it, out there, and it's on all of us to not only find it for ourselves but help each other find it. So I hope you go out there, and if it's a folly. Go find your folly. If it's a tree, go touch that tree. And if it's just trying to figure it out, go out there and look. 